kind of, we'll read the verse and then, of course, um, I'll, I'll go back and review the, the context a little bit is, is really a harsh one in light of this, okay? Well, actually, let me do that first. The Thessalonians, this Thessalonians book that we're written is a, written to the church in Thessalonica. And as we mentioned last week, the, the church in Thessalonica was in extreme persecution. They were under attack. There was a uh, you know, their Christian faith was being, they were being pulled out of their homes, they were being punished, they were being thrown in jail, and it was really a, a hard time for them. And so Paul writes this letter of encouragement, and he gets to chapter 5 here, and of course, in those days, the letter didn't have verses and chapters and all that. It was just a letter. And if you read through Thessalonians, he's encouraging them, and he's acknowledging the fact that they're in a rough time, but he's giving them some insights. And he, he says in First Thessalonians 5, 16, it says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in our world. Father, we bless and thank you, God, for, for your goodness. As we have even sung your praise today and worshiped you, God, we're so thankful for your presence. Thankful for God that you have some amazing things in store for us as we, as we move into not only the rest of our lives, but even right now in this moment, these next few moments, you have thoughts and ideas. You have uh, creative things that you want to establish in us. Hallelujah. I sense this morning God has some real specific things he wants to do in our lives. So but just your, your eyes closed and your hearts and minds open. Just say yes, God. Whatever you want to do with me today, I say yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you some of, feel like some of you this morning, that might be a little bit of a paradigm shift. So I want you just to be aware of that this morning. God may begin to poke at some things in your life that you thought were just a given or that you, know, you hadn't thought about. And God may begin to shift and, and, and tune some things in those areas. Are you ready for that? Are you willing for him to do that? If you are, just raise your hand. All right, God, you see these hands. It's a witness in Jesus' name. Amen. So, you know, it's interesting. How many of you find it easy to be joyful when everything's going well? <laughs> right? This week, um, it's just funny how when you preach on something, God is, in his infinite love and wisdom, gives you opportunity to, as they say, practice what you preach, right? So I have this uh, 2002 uh, Ford Explorer that I got at a really good price back, I don't know, nine years ago or something, I think. And it has been, you know, almost, awesome, almost perfect in terms of driving. A few things here and there, of course, tires and this kind of thing, but mostly no major, you know, catastrophes or problems. So I'm out with my daughter for her birthday. We went to the mall, and, I, and Susie turned 12 this week. I took her to the mall. It was that first really freezing cold day. You remember that one? <laughs> and I go to the mall. We come out. We're doing our thing. And, I, and, and she, she doesn't have a real phone. She has a flip phone. She doesn't, she doesn't think that's a real phone, but she has one of them flip phones. And she, kinda, she forgets to bring it and all this stuff. And so if you've seen my daughter around here, she's on crutches for another couple of weeks as she's healing from surgery. So we had walked, you know, Gurney Mills is, is ridiculous, isn't it? You start and you start shopping and then you get all the way down and you realize, oh, I'm tired. And then you realize, oh my word, I got to walk all the way back to my car, right? If you ever go to the Mall of America in, in Minneapolis, 
They built it in a circle. It's amazing. You just shop, 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 shop. You're done. You get in your car. You go home. It's awesome. But not here, man. We had walked all the way down. She's walking, and she's hurting. So I give her my, my phone, and I say, Susie, wait right here at this entrance. I'll walk all the way back and get the truck, and I'll drive around. I'll come get you. Perfect plan, right? Going to do the dad thing, save my daughter, and do the whole thing. I get back to my truck, and all of a sudden this. Click, click, click. <laughs> click, click, click. And I look down, and there's this theft thing going on. You ever seen that? A theft light on your car? I got to talk to Brian about this. But <laughs> and nothing's working, and I'm trying things, and the locks aren't. And so there's something wrong with some electrical stuff or whatever. And I sat there, and my first thought was starting to get, you know, crabby. You know, when things go wrong, I'm like, oh, I got to get to my daughter. What am I going to do? I don't even have my cell phone with me. I gave it to her. And it was like the Holy Spirit just came into my truck, and he said, listen, rejoice, always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in everything you do. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I should do that, you know. And so I just went, I just kind of sit there and went, Lord, thanks for this great day. Thanks for this truck that I've had for so many years. It's been great. You know, it just runs awesome. And then I said this. I said, you know, I've been praying a lot lately about some things. And so prayer was really easy. You know, as we've sang a couple songs, you know, this morning, you know, your praise will ever be on my lips. Can I just tell you something? The more you pray, the more you praise, the easier it is on, to be on your lips. Amen. So I just sat there and I said, okay, so Holy Spirit, you got to help me out here. I don't know what to do. And I sat there for a couple minutes just being in his presence and praising and thanking. And all of a sudden this thought came to my mind and it was this. Go open up your hood and disconnect the negative thing to the battery. And because, you know, you know how you read stuff and then, you know, you, you think way back in the corridors of your mind. It was like Holy Spirit took this article or something I had read and he brought it all the way back to the front. He said, open up your hood, disconnect the, the negative thing and put it back on and then get back in and try and see if it starts. <laughs> I, I obeyed. I went out. I opened the hood. Da, da, da. And uh, wiggled that little thing off till I got the, and I put it back on the battery. I get back in the truck, and don't you know, boom, things started right up. So I don't know what it was. Brian can explain this to me later. But I do know this. I never would have thought to do that. But because I was rejoicing and praying and, and thanking, it was like I was in this mode where God just said, listen, I, I got this. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes you hear preachers tell these stories that the stuff happens in their life. Can I tell you, there was no preacher involved on that day. It's just Steve and God, right? Like it was this thing that each of us can do. Mike, I know, I love Mike, always tells these stories when he's, he's a heating air conditioning guy. And when he goes on the job, he says oftentimes he'll pray, right, as he's going to the job. And God will tell him what needs to be fixed before he ever walks in the house to go look at what needs to be fixed. And then what? You go right to it, right? See, how cool is that, right? So last week, we talked about rejoice always. In the, in the Passion Translation, it says to let joy be your continual feast. And I will tell you, it's not easy. There's been some situations in my life recently that are really hard. I'm trying to just say, God, 
you know, I want to rejoice in you. And I will say this. Most of us don't get it right the first time. <laughs> I remember when I uh, took one of my kids golfing one time. How many of you are golfers? Any golfers? Right? Took, this, took one of my kids, I won't say which, take them, take them golfing, and they took like three swings at the golf ball and didn't do very well. This sport stinks. I'm no good at it. <laughs> I was like, um, I think it takes more than three strokes to figure this out. I've been doing it for 20 years. I still don't get how to do this thing, right? And so the same is true with some of these things of God. Is like, you know, we may not get it right right away, and maybe as God is, is bringing us into new realms of, of understanding or or uh, highlighting some things, you know. You ever have that happen? You're reading your Bible or something, and all of a sudden, zhoo, like it makes a noise almost, like the lightning and the, you know, hallelujah chorus almost chimes in. Oh, this is the verse for you, you know. And you just know that is something God is highlighting for you. And I just want to encourage you, when you, that happens, don't be afraid about getting it perfect the first time. Because <laughs> God, I heard this said many times, God is more interested in our availability than our ability, right? So availability says, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to walk into this. And I know some of you are facing some situations right now in, in your life and things that are going on and it doesn't make sense and there's confusion and there's uncertainty. You know what? When the Bible says rejoice always, you get to rejoice over that. And really, we're going to do a one, two, three punch today. We'll get to this real quick here. So the first one is rejoice. Find a way to rejoice. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Number two is, it says, pray without ceasing. So pray always. Have you ever read that verse? Or anybody of you ever read that verse or heard that verse? And the thought is, that's impossible. Right? Pray without ceasing. I mean, how would I go to work? How would I, how would I do my job? How would I, you know? But how many of you know that God doesn't give us a command that he doesn't give us the capacity to actually obey? Would you agree? So if he says pray without ceasing, there must be something to that that I can incorporate into my life that actually involves being in a place of prayer all the time. You know, the, the car thing that I went through this week, it was interesting because it, it was really easy for me to just, boom, move right into prayer and rejoicing in thanksgiving, because those were things that I had been focusing on, right? See, I think pray without ceasing is not so much um, going to a prayer place. Like, you know, I've told you before, I like to go to the Gurney prayer room to get away uh, to places of solitude and just by myself. And that's great. I encourage you to do that. Even Jesus, several times in the New Testament, it says that he went away to a solitary place to pray. How many of you know that's important, right? If you have kids, it's really important, right? <laughs> I remember the story about, uh, I think it was Jonathan Edwards. I forget, one of the revivalists in England. Who is it? Yeah, Wesley. Uh, Jonathan Wesley, John Wesley. He was one of, I think they had like 12 kids. And the mom would literally just take her, curtain, her, uh, her apron thing and put it over her head in her kitchen just so that the kids would know, don't mess with mom, she's praying, right? And it was a sign to everybody around her, this is her time to get alone with God and pray. And so it's, it's important, even in the busyness of life, that we find times to do that. But I also think, like, in the Passion Translation, it says this, make your life a prayer. 
So in other words, there's a, there's, a, there's a way of doing life almost as if you put yourself in a certain zone or a certain way of doing life that you never get disconnected from God. Now, he's in us. We know that, right? When we invite him into our heart, he's in us. But how many of you know there are times in our life where we don't really have much attention to him? Whether we're focused at work or whether we're watching a ball game or whatever. We're doing this thing on Wednesday night. Some of you are involved with this Emmanuel prayer thing. And uh, as I've gotten into this and started to do this more and more, it's so interesting because the whole idea of Emmanuel, like as we come up on Christmas, we're going to see that word a lot, Emmanuel. Do you know what the word Emmanuel means? God with us. So you can make it more personal. We can say God with me. So no matter where I go, he's absolutely with me. And if I can begin to attune my mind to the fact that whether I'm on the job, when I'm sitting there talking to someone else, he's sitting right there. And with like this Emmanuel thing, it begins to allow you to see in your mind, God brings you to places where you actually see him with you, (laughs) you know. And this idea that he's with us all the time. And I think if we can get into that mindset, all of a sudden we have this pray without ceasing thing becomes so much easier, right? There's a couple of verses. I don't know if we have a a lot of time this, but uh, let me just walk you through a couple of them. Um, Luke chapter 22, verse 43 to 46. It's Jesus in the garden. And uh, it's interesting, in uh, in the story, as we pick it up, Jesus is in the garden praying, and all his disciples are there, and he has given them the command, hey, come into the garden with me and pray. Let's pray together, right? And so Jesus then goes off to a solitary place, all right? But a few, like an hour or two before that, if you remember at the Last Supper, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, you're all going to betray me. And they're like, oh, no. And Peter says, surely not me, Lord. And, and, and then Jesus says to Peter, what? Before the night is out, you actually are going to deny me three times. <gasps> Peter's like, no, no. I, you know, I would never do that. I would never do that. And so, you know, Jesus kind of knows what's going on. But he moves on. So they move out of the, the Last Supper. They move to the garden, and they come to this place of prayer. And it's interesting, isn't it? God knows what we need before we ever need it. And he actually gives us opportunities to do things where our path and our destination takes us to... Give an example. How many of you have ever been tempted to do something you knew was wrong? Okay. And we've all had that. But I've been around Christianity enough that I know that sometimes people allow their lives to move in places where there's more temptation than there should be. It's like the guy that was like praying. He wanted to stop and get a donut at the donut shop. Do you ever hear this one? <laughs> guy wants to go get a donut. And he goes, Lord, give me a, give me a, give me a place to park, you know. And he says, lo and behold, after eight times around the block, God opened up a place for me to get a donut right in front of the donut shop. Now, how many of you know it? And he shouldn't have been eating donuts, right? So this guy kept circling the donut shop in order to find a parking place. 
when maybe God was saying, hey, why don't you go on down here and get a salad <laughs> or something healthy instead, right? And I think sometimes we allow ourselves to hang around places of temptation when God is saying, hey, I'm actually not giving you a parking place here. If you want to get a donut, you're going to have to circle the block eight times to finally get one, right? But how many of you know in his free will, he'll let us get a parking place in front of the donut shop? Are you with me? So Jesus is interesting. He's told Peter, he says, Peter, you're going to fall into temptation and you're going to deny me three times. Hour, hour and a half, whatever, later, they go to the garden and here's what happens. He says, now an angel from heaven appeared to him, Jesus, strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. Now this is Jesus before he's going to go to the cross and he's just praying so intensely, right? It says, then he rose from prayer. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow and said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. You know, here's the thing. I think sometimes Jesus says things are going to happen and he gives us the very thing in our life to actually prove him wrong. (laughs) Like he said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. As they're in prayer, he says, listen, if you pray and and really enter into this thing, you actually could resist the temptation to deny me. Isn't that funny? I think that God gives us so much freedom in our relationship with him that we can actually change destiny. We can change the future. We can change things around us by being in prayer. I don't know exactly, you know, all of what was meant in that. But he says, listen, I think that we engage in more temptation than we should because we're not walking in prayer. And the opposite is true as well. Have you ever been really in tune with God and something comes up and you go, no, thank you, not interested, and you just move on? I heard, uh, I heard a story from Bill Johnson back a little while ago. And uh, he was talking about him and his, his son, Brian. He was using Brian as an example. And he said, what if Brian and I are in, this, in a restaurant, right? We're in this coffee shop. It's where we go all the time. And Brian is doing great. He's living for God. He's on fire. You know, he's living in favor and everything's going well for him. He says, but I'm struggling and I'm not really living the victorious life and I'm not praying too much. I'm not reading my Bible. He says, he says that Brian gets up and goes to, the, goes to the restroom, right? And he walks by, and as he's leaving, he goes into the, into the restroom. Bill says he looks up and sees that somebody has left the waitress a $100 tip. But the waitress didn't see it. She hasn't seen it. And Bill says, you know, if I'm in that place and I'm struggling and I look at that and I go... Oh, man, I could just take that and nobody would even know that I took that $100. She didn't know. Nobody else knew. I could just take it and put it in my pocket. And then, of course, he goes, oh, that's wrong. I can't believe I even had that thought. I can't believe I'm thinking about this, so God forgive me, blah, blah, blah. He says, Brian comes out of the bathroom, and he says, he looks down, and he sees the $100 bill, and he goes, hey, Patty, somebody left you a huge tip. And he's all excited for Patty getting the tip. Now, he says, at the, end of the, at the end of that whole thing, neither one of them took the money. But one of them was tempted. You see that? 
And he was saying that as we live in him, as we, if you will, pray without ceasing, if we allow God to be in every part of our lives, I think that we miss some temptations by doing that that we leave place for when we're not living in that place. Does that make sense? Are you following me? I think it's really important. I think very often that there are times we allow more temptation in our lives through our prayerlessness than that should actually be there. Amen? Pray without ceasing. So rejoice, pray without ceasing. Let me, let me give you one more on this one. So pray without ceasing. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, if you would turn there. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. And again, it's Jesus, and he's, he's teaching uh, the disciples and the people around him. And in verse 43, he says this, You have heard that it was said, this is Jesus saying, He said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. You ever read the Bible and then you hit a verse and you go, I never really thought about that one before. You know, if you look at that verse just off the top here, it kind of looks like if you, you know, pray for people who persecute you, that you become a son of God. But, of course, it doesn't mean that. Because we know that the Bible teaches that we become sons and daughters of God. How? Faith in Jesus Christ. When we give our life to Christ. That's how. It's by faith in His grace. And it's not by works. So this verse obviously has to be telling us something different. And, and here's what I'm proposing. I think that when we are in a place of prayer, when we are in places of connectedness and the pray without ceasing thing, we're just, we're moving with Jesus all the time, you know. We're allowing him into every thought and we're allowing him into every boardroom and every, every meeting. You know what? How many of you know it's not easy to pray for those that persecute you? If someone's mean to you, you know, you kind of want to pray like David. You ever read some of the Psalms? David's like, get them, God, wipe them out and crush them into dust, and then we'll go have a party. It'll be awesome, right? Like sometimes when people are mean to us, you, you're, our temptation is to be mean back, right? But here's, the, here's what I'm proposing. Read that verse he says, if you, if you love your neighbor and hate your enemy, that's how normal people function. He says, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. I think what Jesus is trying to say here is that if we take the time in our praying, like think about this, to the almighty God creator of heaven and earth, if I take time to pray for someone who's being mean to me, I am showing him that the authority he's giving me is actually changing me. Have you ever prayed for your enemies? Have you ever done that? Yeah. You, you can't be changed. I mean, you can't stay the same when you're praying for God to bless those that curse you. The Bible talks about this. See, all of a sudden, that me, me, me stuff becomes God bless them, help them, help them, you know, be, be fully aware of how much you love them, help them with their anger, help them with this. And 
I, I started doing that this week with somebody that had been mean to me. Somebody was mean to me. And uh, I just started saying, God, you know what? Bless them. I don't know what you're doing, but I know you love them exactly the same as you love me. Right? And if I, as I began to pray for this person, you know what happened? Instead of being kind of like, oh, man, I'm really not happy that they're mean. I actually began to have huge compassion for them. I actually began to have like thoughts of, you know, it went from just words to, I really want God to bless them. I really want God to change them and to do something amazing in them, right? And I think what happens is when we do that, our praying and praying without ceasing and praying into the things that seem unnatural to us, something happens in us. And I actually get more established as a son of God. Because you know what? I'm using my authority as a son of God to actually pray good things on somebody else. I get to use my authority in a positive and powerful way for his kingdom. Amen? And he says, if you'll do that, all of a sudden you're going to feel more like sons and daughters than you ever have before. Amen? All right. A couple more minutes and then uh, let's do one more thing. The last one. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. In everything, give thanks. How many of you started doing that already this week? How many of you already started thanking God? Like, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. Have you started to do that already? I just encourage you, like, even make a list, you know, write some things down. I told you about my daughter, Susie, and I, you know, made her make that list of thanks stuff. And it was funny because the list kept getting longer and longer and longer. The more we get into this attitude of gratitude, as they say, and then it's interesting, at the end of this one, it, I think it applies to all three. Rejoice, always. Pray, always. Thanks, always. Then it says what? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. <laughs> when I was younger, I was in Bible college, and you know, when you're in your 20s, and there's lots of times you're like, what's God's will for my life, you know? Then I get a little bit older and I figure out, hey, I'm still asking, God, what's your will for my life? What do you want me to do, right? Some of you are in a position right now where you're not really sure what the future holds and what does, you know, which way you should go, right? So how many of you would raise your hand and say, you still really want to know what God's will for your life is? Okay, good. We're all in this together. So here's what I would encourage you to do. Forget worrying about all that. Worry about these three. You know what? Say, God, I'm just going to rejoice. I don't know what's going on with my company. I don't know what's going on with my family and this and that. But I'm going to do three things. Purpose in your heart to say, Lord, I'm going I'm to rejoice over everything. No matter if, if it looks like it's unrejoiceable. I don't know if that's a word or not. But I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to pray and I'm going to be with, connected with you all the time. I'm just going to, and if I ever start to feel unconnected, I'm just going to get reconnected. Kind of like my battery, you know. I take the thing off and just put that thing back on. Boom, all of a sudden I'm back in business, right? And then just to thank. Thank you, God, for all these different things. Right? So give thanks and all. And then what does it say? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'm fairly certain that if we will focus on what he tells us to focus on, He's going to take care of whatever's before us. Amen? We can trust to that. 
So lastly, as we close today, there's a whole bunch of Thanksgiving verses throughout the Bible, but I just want to land on one thing as we close today. Well, if you take your Bibles, turn to Psalms 103. And while you're doing that, how many of you remember that old hymn, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One? Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. I just dated myself greatly right there. <laughs> Attaboy, Bob. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, love, I love that thought. Count your blessings, just name them one by one. Right? So in Psalms 103, and we'll read most, well, we'll read down to verse 14. The whole chapter is amazing. I'd encourage you to go there and spend some time this Thanksgiving week. But the psalmist in 103, he says this. He says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise your holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What is he saying there? He's saying, I'm not going to forget. I'm going to give thanks for all the benefits of what God has done for me. <laughs> I know that uh, it's possible I have a couple of family members within the sound of my voice. <laughs> and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But how many of you know as parents, you know, yesterday, Ted came to my sister, my, my sister, my daughter's uh, birthday party. And he lives in Chicago. So how many of you know that was a sacrifice for him to bring his girls all the way up? And then hung out for a few hours and then went all the way back, right? And I was thinking about Ted. I'm like, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing dadding going on right there, right? Dad of the week right here, Ted, Ted Stanek, all right. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, sometimes as parents, we do that. We run our kids here, we do here, we spend this money, we do it. And, and, and sometimes we don't always get the gratitude back that we kind of think we deserve, I'm looking around, there's parents all going like this with their eyebrows. Mm, see, that's true. Listen to the pastor. <laughs> and it's interesting how, like, we would like to receive that gratitude for the things we do. I mean, it's just part of human nature. And I thought, you know, as a father, that feels good to me when my kids, like, you know, they'll just turn to me and go, Dad, thanks so much for doing that. And, hey, you know, thanks for, you know, my socks or whatever. <laughs> like, just weird things sometimes. And it feels really good. And I thought, you know, how much more does our Father in heaven, who's given us life and breath and health and resources and love and forgiveness and mercy and all these things. And the psalmist, I, I get the sense as he's writing, it's like it's overwhelming him, all the goodness. He says, forget not all his benefits. Then he begins to do them. Verse 3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. By the way, go back. You realize that, that uh, thankfulness is also a prayer. Amen? Like when I thank him for things, I'm acknowledging that that's actually true. And we can also say, Lord, more, God. To do this some more in my life. Amen? So he says, forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases. Verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. 
The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Anybody thankful for that one this morning? Verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. That word fear doesn't mean afraid. It means honor and respect. Amen? As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. It goes on from there. You can read it yourself later. But it's interesting, isn't it? He says, I am not going to forget all the good things that he does for me. I'm going to remember him. I'm going to keep it at the forefront of my mind. Rejoice always. Pray always. Thanks always. For this is God's will for your life. This is actually what he has for us. Amen? I want to challenge you this week. And as we close today, I'm going to take uh, Psalms 103, and I want us to turn it into uh, a declaration. I read this recently. I found this. And why don't we stand to our feet today, and we're just going to close as we declare some things out loud this morning. These are based on Psalms 103. And uh, we're going to put these on the website, too. If you want them, you can get them later. My daily prayer, Psalms 103. Let's, re- let's uh, read it together. Nope, don't go there. Lord, in obedience to your word, I recall, give thanks, and declare over my life all the benefits and blessings you have promised me. Can we pause right there just for a second? See, I believe that when we thank God for something, we also turn it into a prayer. Amen? Like, how many of you have been healed? Anybody been healed before? Okay. How many of you think that there's more healing than just what you've received before. Amen? So when we say, Lord, I thank you that you healed me, we're actually saying, God, heal, do some more healing. You know, heal my friend, heal my, my coworker, heal this person, you know. Like, it's actually a thanksgiving and a prayer at the same time, and it's a declaration. So let's move on. So today, you have forgiven all my sins and blotted out all my failures. Today, You are healing all my diseases and taking away all my pain. Today, you are delivering my life from every destructive habit, and I walk in your strength and freedom. Today, you will satisfy my appetites and my desires with good, not evil, things, and I will be built up and made strong. Today, you will be loving and kind to me, and even if I fail, you will surround me with your tenderness and mercy. Today, you will completely protect me from everything that would seek to depress me or make me afraid, and I will walk in your joy and victory. Today, as you made known your ways to the children of Israel, so you will show me where to go, what to say, what to do, and your presence will go before me. 
continually. Lift your hands right now. Lord, we thank you today for that. And Father, as we have said and declared with our words today, Father, our heart's desire is to be in your will. Lord, your will for us is to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to have thanksgiving on our lips always, oh God. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to do that today, and we bless you for it. And what we have declared today is going to be true in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you today. Hey, uh, we're going to have a little little get-together, a little party. A couple things.